Yep, we were going to discuss SaneBox, which I probably am going to sign up for, but I am waiting for us to talk about it and for it to go into the show notes as a link so I can use your referral link, as Yay. everyone else should do. Like it doesn't cost link. you any more money, but it adds some money for Michael to his account, to his account so that, uh, you know, he can he can cover some of the cost of using um, SaneBox. 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 Yeah. This episode not brought to you by SaneBox, but SaneBox, if you want my voice, Payo Media will contract with you. All right, so we're live in Clubhouse. Live we're on IACast. Live Radio. on um, IACast. So, yeah, let's do a show, man. Let me hit save. And, man, I wish we could set markers in clean feed. That would be nice. That would be nice. One of these days, I will actually get a good recording setup going right into Reaper so I can set markers. But starting the recording of the show and being able to just drop a quick marker there would be super nice. Clean feed. Hope you're listening. would be. Yeah, they've added some features, so I should compose a nice feedback email. I'm like, hey, this would be a feature that I would love. Otherwise, I'm going to have to go outside of clean feed to make this happen for my workflow, which ultimately could lead to me canceling clean feed because, you know, I can get high Just quality. Just do it in Zoom. Well, no. I could, though. Say like, if I'm running audio out of Zoom into Reaper, it's going to get the same quality if that's all I need to do to do the markers. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be the same quality as, True. you know, clean feed. That's That's the problem. But clean you could use a free be, account with clean feed then and not have to pay them because what's the point of paying them if we're recording locally on separate tracks? So I think what I will probably end up doing is going back to Source Connect because I think Source Connect is still free. Mm. Uh, and it would let me, yeah, we could do that with clean feed too. See, for two people. That- I'm thinking about people, more than yeah. two people. Like it would be the problem. I'm thinking that that uh, if Source Connect has done what I think they did, I hadn't looked at it in a while. We would made actually pull separate tracks out for streams to record into Reaper for multiple guests. But anyway, clean feed, fix it, man. Because listen, uh, just your buttons are labeled. <laughs> your buttons are listen. I'll even give up on the flag, man. If you just give me some freaking markers, yeah. Also, that would I improve probably, my workflow. For sure. Also, I should probably send an email to, you know, let them know because maybe nobody else is asking for this. I would think other people, I, you're right, maybe not because maybe other people are set up to just record into DAW. Or maybe they, assume, maybe they assume that somebody else has done it. So they're like, well, I'm not going to keep doing it or I'm not going to do it because somebody else probably already told them that. Told mm-hmm. They're going to do it. Like they could be that whole assumption thing where people assume clean feed it has gotten this feedback. And therefore, they don't want to seem like they're piling on or they submitted the feedback very early in this days of clean feed. And, um, you know, it could have slipped through the cracks or people don't really care about doing markers or they have different solutions already. So they're not even using clean feed like that. That's a thing. So I don't know, man. You want to say some thank yous real quick while I mute Sonos? Sonos, we're not thanking you um, because you're expensive do want to thank our um our supporters that support us through the tip jar uh you know who you are i don't have a list in front of me at the moment but uh we appreciate subscriber number one who who was there you know who you are because you emailed yes uh and michael doyce who's also been supporting us so we appreciate that uh and there's somebody else who i don't have your name because michael didn't ever forward me to email about you so we'll uh 
thank you anyway, though, because I know that we have more than just the two names or nom de guerres that I just used. Because <laughs> subscriber yeah. one doesn't want their name out there, which is perfectly fine and perfectly uh-huh. understandable. Yeah. Uh, so. And if you want to support all. us, click that tip draw link and feel free to either support us either one time or on a on regular a recurring basis. basis. Thank we you. That's what I was looking for. And so, I want to say thank you to everybody who listens as well. So whether you're listening to the live stream right now or you're listening to this later as a podcast, you downloaded, you're still thanked as well. Yes. So thank you to everyone all around. If you're hearing this message, thank you. Cause it doesn't matter if you support or don't, you're, still appreciated for listening because Demasi. well not because but another reason why i like clean feet is i've been working on an interesting project that i don't know if i've told you about yet uh the blind shell tutorial did uh, did i tell you i was working on this no (laughs) so on the shell phone show which is every wednesday i jump in and show you how to do something typically in under 10 minutes on the blind shell classic too. It's a great podcast to get content on a regular basis. And I'm working on getting things actually scheduled out too. So I don't have to frantically remember what am I putting up on Wednesday mornings? So sorry for those of you looking for it at midnight and it's not there. That's typically what's happening. I need to get into scheduling some things. Go to bed. Yeah. What? Oh, if you're looking for the episode at midnight, go to bed. Yes. Go to bed. Yes. Yes. Or you're in Alaska and it's only 11, you know, anyways, I got asked a lot of questions and you've been asked this question too. How do I use the Bard application on the blind shell classic too? How do I find books on the Bard application on the blind shell classic too? And I, I created an episode three months ago, three or four months ago when we were just putting things on YouTube it not with the shell phone show branding. And it was deleting books on the blind shell, deleting books on Bard on the blind shell classic two or something like that. Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. So, talking to a couple of people and they said, well, I just, I'm tired of asking you every couple of days, how do I find books? Because it's not as easy of a process as it should be. So that stemmed an idea in the back of my mind. Well, why don't I create a Bard specific tutorial where I only show you how to use Bard, hope that I can keep it under an hour, and uh, offer that for sale for like something like seven or seventeen or twenty-seven. Those are the or twenty-seven. Those are the three price points that I'm kind of toying around with. People can just purchase that if they're interested, and then if they get this membership that we're working on that we'll be talking about in the near future for other things then they can have access to that at no additional charge, but they don't have to pay for the membership if all they want is that material. Uh, And then my thought went to, well, I could, well, and that makes me break down Bard to teach myself it more because I'm in that habit right now with the blind shell that I know how to do something. And if it doesn't work that way, I know how it should work so I can go figure it out versus knowing exactly what I need to do to configure it and teach people it. So working on that in Reaper, and I'm going to give you a quick sample mainly because I want to play, and I'm the run recording, so I get to do this. I want to play with the track or the clips track in Clean Feed, which is a track I usually don't record because I might be doing some more Clean Feed stuff in the near future. We'll talk about. So um, cover your ears or be prepared because this might be a little loud. I'm going to throw this 59 second clip in here uh, so people can hear kind of the 
or the way that I'm going with this tutorial. Let's sign in to Bard on the Blind Shell Classic 2. We'll start by opening Bard. Bard Mobile, one of two. Image, Bard, edit text, enter Bard username. Now, like typical on the Blind Shell Classic 2, you're presented with edit fields in order to sign in. If you don't have a login, you'll need to obtain this from your state library. Press the OK button on username. Enter bar keyboard shown. Enter Bard username. And when the Blind Shell Classic 2 tells you that the keyboard has shown, go ahead and enter your username. E -M -P. Note, one of the caveats that is with this, and hopefully Bard and or Blind Shell can get this fixed, is when entering the at symbol for your email address, you cannot press and hold the pound key to access the at symbol from the special symbols menu. You have to press 1 11 times. It's directly past the right parentheses symbol. So this is just quick, uh, a quick start into it. Not a lot of meat, but I'm going to go into that type of detail on there. Nice. Yeah. That's the plan for the week of things I want to get done. So if anyone's interested in the blind show, or in Bard on the blind show, what have you been working on? Man, I have been working on a few things. So doing some WooCommerce stuff, figuring out... Uh, some specific configurations for WooCommerce that I want to be able to, you know, take advantage of for different people's stores. Because oftentimes, and one thing that I've really been, uh, I've been working on like towards the end of this week here has been tweaking the guest checkout settings uh, and customizing the WooCommerce fields that we got uh, for checkout. Because here's the problem, right? You got an online store, Somebody goes and buy, and I do this, like I, I literally do this to stores, especially if they have Apple Pay. Uh, Shopify is good for this, especially, which is you can go through their checkout flow without having to create an account, but you can also still come back and look up your order information based off the information that you get in your, your email receipt. So usually it's going to be your order number um, and your email address or something like that, right? So... WooCommerce does support this. I'm not having to do any major custom work to get this done. It's just tweaking things to be refined the way that I want them for, for a project that I'm working on at the moment, uh, which Michael is familiar with, but I don't think I should say now what it is. Right. Can't wait till you see it, though. I think it's going to be beautiful. Anyway, uh, one of the problems with some checkout systems and the way that they're structured, and even with WooCommerce, if you don't you know, configure it, is it wants you to create an account before you can make a payment or, you know, buy your, buy your product or whatever. And I know why people do this because usually first off, it makes it easier uh, to keep track of a customer's order, especially when you're shipping physical goods or even when you're selling downloadable products, right? Cause it allows the customer to log in and go retrieve their downloads, things like that after the fact. However, it is a barrier to people completing their checkout. Um, and there are numbers out there. I forget the exact statistics, but it was something like 28% of people or more uh, say that they didn't complete a purchase on a site because they wanted them to create an account. I was like, I don't have time for this. I just want to buy the thing and get out of here. But as me and you know, Mike, from dealing with customers uh, who, you know, sometimes either have lost their receipt or never have logged into their account, depending on how they place their order. They'll call up and they want to know where their order is. They want to be able to track their order. They want to know when this package is going to get here. So I want people to be able to do guest checkout. 
we still get all the information that we need for the site and also make it possible for a customer such as myself who probably wouldn't call up a company and be like, hey, I'm not going to call up Amazon first and be like, hey, where's my package? I'm going to go look in my account first to see where my package is. Well, or I, as I've done with some sites uh, that I purchase things off of with shop that are using Shopify and WooCommerce, I want to know, you know, where's my tracking or where's my package or let me go look up the tracking number because I deleted the email when it came in or whatever. And I want people to have that flexibility. So been working on that, mostly doing just a lot of WooCommerce stuff, though. Migrations, uh, which I don't really want to talk about because I'm still kind of angry about it. Uh, but migrating to new servers uh, because, <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. Yes, yes. But you are comfortable with making migrations now, so that's another service you can offer. Well, I mean, I've been comfortable doing them. I yeah. just hate doing uh, The thing is, like, it's the scale that I'm having to deal with now because I'm moving a lot of sites. It's not like somebody's like, oh, I want to move from, you know, Bluehost to SiteGround or something. Okay, cool. You know, I'll charge for that and I'll move that over. You know, no big deal. It's when you got to do several. Mm. And with some of the sites that I'm having to move, I really don't touch those sites because they're not, they're just hosting with me. They're, I, I don't right. maintain them. So, you know, I have to be a little more uh, cautious with those because I don't know everything that's going on with those sites. And, um, you know, moving them around and things can be hectic. And it's just time consuming. It's really more just tedium than anything. Yes, there are probably easier ways to do it than the way that I currently do it. But the way that I currently do it makes sure it's done right the, the entire way, which means I very rarely have to go back. I'm like, oh, man, I forgot to move your uploads folder. So now your images are going like, you know, I'll make those kind of mistakes. Uh, I do not like the updraft. It is, it's fine for restoring a site, but I don't like the updraft migration process. Uh, ah. So I don't, I don't use that too often. And it doesn't give me enough control over, over certain things as well, but that they're restore using their system for restoring a website that you need to, from a backup is good. Like that's the best way to do it. Uh, I don't do the WordPress import thing all that often too because i've noticed that sometimes that will drop data um we had to happen one time we were moving something it's like what happened to all those posts <laughs> so i want to talk yeah. about that <laughs> nope don't want to talk about it at all. so uh scout uh shout out to him or her don't know i'm not shout out ask. to them shout out to Is scout them. there you go uh yeah them mentioned and I'm going to ask you why we don't do this, that they were listening to 22 and we almost forgot to give the contact details. Uh, did you see this post on Mastodon four days ago? I did not. Okay. I seen it. I did not. Where reply. was I four days ago? Uh, I was in Talladega four Talladega. days ago. Yeah. Yep. I wasn't checking my phone for hardly. <laughs> Look, while I was in Talladega, man, if you didn't text me, uh, or a call, not many people called me. Uh, but if you didn't text me, like you probably wasn't going to get my attention. Cause yeah. they had me hopping, man. You want to talk about that in a minute? We can talk about that, but tell okay. me about this Mastodon post. What what is Scott? Scout comes up with good suggestions slash questions, so this will be a yeah. good one, I imagine. So we apparently forgot to give the almost forgot to give the contact information at the end of the episode. So they suggested one: why don't you record an audio file that you can put with all of the contact information that you can just hit with a push of a button at the end of the episode to be able to make that uh, information, and then. Uh, the second thing that they suggested was you and Demasi are so busy trying to remember things. You almost need a third person to help with getting things done. 
Uh, so I definitely agree. I need help with getting things done because, you know, there's people I should reply to that I just don't have time. But, you know, if you're paying me, you get my attention first. Yeah. Uh, not, not, that's not regarding podcasting. I'm talking about just generally working and consulting. Like if you're paying me, I'm on top of your stuff as soon as I can possibly be. And if there's any sort of delay, there is guaranteed to be a good reason. It ain't cause I'm trying to take a break. Uh, but there are emails, for example, that I have not responded to that could lead to potential work. But, you know, this, you know, few of these people, at least not all of them, but a couple of them uh, did not take my offer earlier in the year when I was like, hey, you should, you know, hire me on a retainer basis. So your stuff is at the top of the queue. Uh, but, yeah, we definitely I, I definitely could use somebody to help get things done uh, in general. As to why we don't have a recording, I thought about that a while back with the other show. And one reason is because we usually flow into that. It, it will kind of force us to have to be a little bit more structured than we currently are, which is oftentimes the way that I flow into the contact details at the end is going to differ because it can be based off something Mike has said or the way the conversation is flowing or something like that. And I just kind of lead into it which also, you know, is prevalent for us for getting it. So what we maybe should do is a combination of these things, which is we'll try to do it the way that we always do. But if for some reason we go off the recording and forgot to put the information in, there will be a recording that Mike can insert in the proper ah. place to get those details there. There we go. I don't think even when we were doing DM, that we really forgot to actually give our contact information. A lot of times we will forget until the last minute, or if you're not listening live, a lot of times I just cut off the episode towards right where we give the details. So it seems like we almost forgot. Uh, cause that is just the natural flow of the conversation and the live show might continue on for another five minutes or so, or, you know, another 30 seconds. It really just depends. Yeah. Yeah. So, what I was doing this week, since you asked me about that, is I was down in Talladega doing my evaluation for the Alabama blind. Oh, man. Test <laughs> failed. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I don't even know what it's called, so I can't help you. <laughs> uh, no, He's going to no, Google no. it. Oh, no, no, no. I stopped because I, your, your Mona just started yacking. I was, oh, I was oh, posting. Okay. No, that yeah, that's what distracted me. So no, I was now doing my evaluation for the uh, the BEP program, which is the Blind Enterprise uh, program here in Alabama. So should be hearing about the results of all of the evaluations. Most some of them I got you know directly, but like there's some tests that I had to take that I will probably get those answers uh, or results next week. But my plan is to become a vendor in the state of Alabama, not a vendor as like a VR or, or in the state uh, as a service provider, although that is, you know, on the plan, on the schedule at some point too. But uh, vending as in food service doesn't have to necessarily be food service, but in this case, food services. Uh, my hope is to get a vending machine route here in Tuscaloosa and, uh, Basically, just run up the income stream, man. Like it's 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 multiple. making money, multiple <laughs> income streams. Man. I'm trying to diversify my yes. income is what I'm trying to do. Diversifying my income is the reason for doing this, and I'm also interested in working inside of that program to see where there may be 
some gains in effectiveness or efficiency for people. So uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, definitely a good thing. And it could also lead to some other consulting business for bedrock innovations because some of these vendors that I have spoken to uh, around here are, they work. Like, I mean, they have their own business, they're doing their thing. And, you know, what they want to do with a website or some type of web presence or even just technology within their business is not, you know, a requirement or something controlled by the uh, overall program. Mm-hmm. Are things that you know I can help with, so looking forward to it. Uh, but I was down there; I had to leave Monday afternoon of this week, and I got back super late Thursday. Later than you anticipated. Way later than <laughs> I anticipated, man. I was about five hours behind where I anticipated before we were even in Tuscaloosa, and then uh, you know, because I really intended on being back home before when my kids got out of school. Like, no, nah, saw them like three hours after they got out of school. Um, and then had to run around and get some stuff done here once we got back. So threw my schedule off a little bit. I did do a little work on some projects while I was there, uh, which reminds me, side note, that doesn't have to stay in the episode, but I got to go put in my hours for the week too because I didn't even clock in yesterday. Crazy. <laughs> so better fix that before uh, Monday. Yes. Yeah, a problem. Yeah. Uh, major problem. <laughs> uh but the place is cool. Uh, I came out of this, so a couple of the assessments that I had to do there uh, that were, you know, interesting to me were, I had to do an OLM assessment. And I really was expecting there to be some kind of, because I'm going to be honest, like I've, I have instructed, I've been an OLM instructor uh, working with uh, a certified instructor Uh who at the time recommended after we spent about half a summer working together, like, man, you should really try to go get your O&M certification. You're pretty decent at this, uh, which is great. Shout out to Desmond, who probably didn't listen to my show. I should I should, uh, I should, tell Tia to tell him to listen because I'm not going on Facebook. Uh, but I, I was the, the O&M instructor that did my assessment down here in Talladega was very impressed. And I told her about my background and like most of what I know I have picked up because it was necessary. Like I got, you know, O&M training when I was about 19 years old. So I learned the proper way to cross the street using a cane. And I learned the proper way to, you know, navigate. I learned about all the little techniques. I got the techniques down. I'll say that. But I was crossing little streets, you know, two lane you know, little streets off in neighborhoods and, you know, two two to three lanes of traffic at red lights to get that experience as, as a 10-year-old. Um, everything I've done since then has been just me uh, adapting. Uh, and I think that's the important thing when it comes to skills for a lot of people is being able to adapt your skills and not being afraid to do what you may think is a little risky. Now, O and M, you know, don't don't step too far out of your comfort zone because you know things can happen. But just in general, I feel like a lot of people, you know, it's good to always be flexible enough to adapt on what you have learned and build on what you have learned, and like just be able to make logical extrapolations. Like, there's no difference in crossing two lanes of traffic at a red light versus six. Other than you may want to stand at that six lanes of traffic a little bit longer, listen to the cycle, see about how long each cycle is, and take off at the most optimal time for you uh, to make sure you ensure you get all the way across all six lanes. But other than that, it's the same process, right? So 
That was interesting. Uh, it, again, it, it just kind of enhances. And even with kind of that sign-off for her, Mike, me and you have been talking about, uh, since Kayaker mentioned it, that he went up to, I think his leader dog in Michigan for their week of immersive uh, O&M training on, on specific areas to, to improve your skills. I still want to go do that, even though this lady did not have any, you know, negatives about my travel. There's no recommendation like, oh, you didn't do this right or you should, you know, work on this or any. Like, I got nothing like that from her. Uh, but yeah, I still but want to go to leader for dog. improvement. Like, yeah. And I told her flat out, like, you know, look, the places I'm uncomfortable are like, you know, airports, like large open, just generally large open, yes. very open spaces with a open lot of hard echoey. surfaces and echo. Yep. Open yep. and echo. Like I, I still feel the most uncomfortable in those environments. I'll make it work if I have to, because I don't have a choice, but yes, I want to work on that. So I'm still planning mm-hmm. to take that week up in Michigan at some point. I need someone to record my video. Uh, I was talking to someone about this for something else. I'm not ready to talk about because I don't know where it's going to go, but we will follow up with that probably in the next six weeks or so. Uh, and I was talking to her about my lack of confidence in some of those type of environments and how I don't I like I'll travel across the country without any problem. When I hit that airport, it's very uncomfortable. Although today, well, this year's IREG adventure helped me feel a little bit more comfortable with that, but that's not me doing it on my own, but it is too. So I got to figure out where that, that line is to draw. Do I want to focus on being 100% confident with doing it in an, like walking in an open echoey area without the assistance of Ira, or do I want to be reliant on Ira? And Stephen and Sean were talking about this a couple of days ago about are we too reliant on technology for general life skills and and navigating? And then Sean offhandedly said, well, then are we, could you say that we're too reliant on a guide dog or a white cane? Because your guide dog or white cane could have accidents while you're traveling. So I, I think I need to get a little bit more comfortable saying, you know what, Ira is going to make this process a lot easier and a lot faster. Let's just call him up real quick so we can get through this airport. Yeah. I just want to work on, on, on that area for me because it's not always going to be an airport. Like malls are a mm. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and having small kids. And another thing I want to work on is like just big open spaces where like there's there's not anything to necessarily trail against or, or, or keep yourself yes. somewhat oriented in the right direction. Like those are the kind of things that I feel like I really need to work on. I hate parking lots. Now, I hate parking lots for several reasons. Like, you know, say a Walmart parking lot or something. I hate them for a couple of reasons. One, they're so open. There's not usually anything for me to trail against if I'm trying to make a straight shot from the entrance to the actual building that I'm going to or vice versa. And the other reason is because people just don't be paying attention when they're driving sometimes, man. Uh-huh. I, I have sat in the car with people and, and <laughs> noted that they did this. They will look in the rearview mirror, check, okay, there's nobody behind me. Then for the next five to 10, 15 seconds, they're looking down, fiddling with the radio or, or something, and then they just back out. Well, that was 15 seconds ago you looked, right? Anything can happen in 15 seconds. So, and I've, I've nearly been, you know, hit, you know, not, not necessarily nearly hit, but if I wasn't on guard, I, I would have probably gotten, you know, tapped by a few cars in parking lots that I had to walk through because, again, somebody probably looked looked at the rearview mirror, glanced down and tuned the radio or put their phone up or something, and then they take their foot off the brake and start backing up, and it's like, but you didn't look again. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So those are things that I would like to work on uh, just just in general. And, you know, who knows? Like, I want to go through that program because they could have some, you know, suggestions or tips to improve my travel in different environments that I'm not aware of that I need to work on because I haven't experienced those environments yet. I mean, pretty much here, all I, I was doing was, you know, walking around a residential neighborhood, you know, uh, went up to a red light, about four lanes of traffic to show how I cross streets and things like that. So, you know, all of that I'm fairly comfortable with. You know, as I pointed out there, like the only place I'm not comfortable crossing streets is when I get to one of those intersections in larger cities where it's like five streets that come together in this weird star shape. It's like, I have no idea how this works. <laughs> but I said, to be fair, a lot of people driving have no idea how this works. So those just shouldn't exist is my thing there with those yeah it was a pretty good experience overall down there talladega is a very small place uh very quiet i wouldn't mind buying a piece of land down there just to have it but i'm interested in buying land anywhere so hey if land is cheap where you live reach out to me in macedon <laughs> and mike you're supposed to talk when i say hold on for a second yeah. just to entertain the people for a minute yeah i, I, I don't think like well what uh, did i drop the stream what happened i was thinking of gone. editing and uh uh i'll just cut this out in post because then i was googling something that mallory had just texted me to look up to and so i'm like oh i'll just clean this up i forgot we were live streaming <laughs> yeah <sighs> it's funny sometimes doing a live stream a lot of times for behind the scenes for people a lot of times when we're recording and we're not live streaming, like me and Mike, like whatever Mike is working on that he says he'll follow up on in like six weeks. Normally, he would have told me what it was and then just edited it, that out of the show. Mm -hmm. Because we're live streaming, we can't say those things. <laughs> and, and you have to think about that, too, when you're talking, because that makes uh -huh. a little bit live. of a difference. Yeah, because yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, we can edit the recording, but hey, somebody else could be sitting at their computer with Audio Hijack running and recording the live stream. So then there it is. So the live stream is really what was live. That's why I've done a lot less editing, too. Like, I just throw the show together, cut out big silences, and then at, throw an ad on the end, and then hit render, and we're good to go. Yeah, I mean, doing live, one of the reasons that we keep doing it, yeah, we don't get to have the side conversation that we sometimes will have. Uh, but it makes us more aware of what we're saying too. So we kind of flow through things a little better uh, with a live stream. So again, we appreciate everyone listening on the live stream and I'm going to go and check clubhouse right now. Looks like it's just Tia. Ah, hey Tia. So really appreciate that. Cause she is spending the time. I just realized how rude that sounded. Looks like it's just Tia, but that's what happens when <laughs> I'm typing and talking at the same time. What I meant to say is, it looks like it's just Tia. Hey, Tia, we appreciate you spending the time listening to us because there's a heck of a lot of other stuff going on on Clubhouse. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, Tia's only in Clubhouse because we're streaming. I don't think she really hangs out in Clubhouse ah. outside of that. Why is there two Michael Babcocks in here? Uh, That's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, not in the room. I mean, in Clubhouse. Oh. In the clubhouse room, there's two Michael Babcock? No, no, no. Just in clubhouse, generally, there's two users. Oh. Do you have two accounts? Yes, is what I have I'm two asking. accounts. Why do you have two accounts? I have a alt account. Oh, oh, man, now I'm trying to sound like a gamer. I have my alternative <laughs> account that uses my Payone Media phone number because I was able to send a text message to verify the code using VoIP.ms. So I had an account I can listen to because you can't be signed in on two different devices. So if I gotcha. want to monitor myself, i got to have a second account. 
Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. I should probably make a Bedrock account. Except I don't think I'm ever going to really need to do that. Right. Because if you're live streaming, chances are I'll be listening or playing in the background unless you're doing something for someone else. Yep, then I'll probably get somebody else to do it. Uh, Yeah. Hey, check out this link. Tell me if you can hear me. Uh, Yeah. Man. So, Samebox. I mentioned last week that I was going to talk to you about Samebox. And according to Samebox, last week, uh, I got this email on Friday. I saved 15.6 hours, and the week before was like 13 hours or something like that. And I'm on the $7 a month plan, I think it is. And I'm just using the at, it, they call it a, at sane newsletters. And so I'm just having it pull all my newsletters out. And that is enough for me to be able to just go through, like, I'm not even using the same later feature or the same, uh, whatever it's called. I just check my at sane newsletter and that pulls all my groups.io emails into it, which is enough for me because I'm on enough of those groups. But if I want to want to get those groups in my inbox, then I can move a message to my inbox and get, and I will get a, a email from same box that says, Hey, do you want to get all of these groups.io emails or just groups.io, uh, messages from this specific person. So if you like or value, I mean, we value all of the posts that some people post on the (laughs) groups, but other people's I agree with this person. Uh, posts don't typically add value. Anyways, where I'm going with that is you can pick and choose if you want the group or if you want the person in the group to to get their messages in your inbox. So now I have a lot of groups I'm still subscribed to and I go through every once in a while, but I only see certain messages from some people in those groups too. And then uh, whenever I sign up for a newsletter, if it's a newsletter that I want to get, at least until it annoys me, I can move it back to my inbox. And then if it's a newsletter that I've gotten for a while that has annoyed me, I can just move them to the same later so I can go check. Well, my same news, which is like my same later that I can just go check out later. Um, and then you still get the digest on a weekly basis that I just delete because I don't want to go through their message. I'll go through my folders in Mac mail when I have time. And because it's IMAP based, all of my rules work like they should on the blind shell classic too. Yeah. Cause they're, they're filtering your email yep. or moving your email uh, on the IMAP server, which is the, you know, many people probably don't remember pop, uh, but I did not like, uh, pop they eventually added they added a feature that i think a lot of people didn't know about at some point where when you added a new mail client there was a checkbox that said leave a copy of messages on the server mm-hmm. uh, and not a lot of people would check that so they would you know be in outlook express and xp and download their email and that just yanked all their stuff off the server and then they go to a different computer because back then mobile devices were not very prevalent uh especially if you were blind, like wasn't a whole lot to be checking your email on while you were moving about. So you go from your desktop to your laptop or from home to, you know, work cool. or school or whatever. And you check your email and like, you're like, I don't see that email. It's like, yeah, cause it's just on your home computer. Uh, because when you were setting up things, you missed the checkboxes, <laughs> leave a copy on the server. So therefore it only exists in one place now. And IMAP just makes that so much simpler. I mean, the protocol has been around for a while, but you know, it makes, just makes things so much simpler. And it allows you to do server-side rules, which is one of the reasons that email services like uh, Google 
uh, Gmail or Workspace email, which is still Gmail, basically, uh, Fastmail, etc., work well and why I generally advise people to set their rules up, even if it's just a filter, like, oh, I want to move all messages from this person to this mailbox. Do it on the server side because then it happens everywhere as opposed to doing it on a mail client on a specific device. And well, what if you hadn't checked mail on that device, then it doesn't run your rules. You know, if your Mac is off, those rules are not going to run in Apple mail. And not everyone can buy a $299 M1 Mac mini to just run and control their mail rules all day long. Although the use for that Mac mini, (laughs) I mean, there's another use for that. I wouldn't buy one just for that, but right now, (laughs) so right now my M one Mac mini is doing a lot of work. And I feel like I'm in this weird space of where like some of it crosses over. Some of it is home based. Some of it crosses over into work based situations Uh, for the company. It's still owned by the company. So, you know, I don't know how that works. Maybe I have to have a talk with my IT guy and he'll tell me like, no, stop running uh, Plex on, on my server. Don't do it. Uh, but I'm running Plex right now on the server, which I've been using for um, the audiobooks, uh, filtering for the kids. Got a few movies in there. I really need to work on building up my Plex library, but I also need to get a, a DVD ripper. And they're surprisingly still rather expensive, I think. Uh because I want to get a uh, one that will let me rip Blu-rays, and those are still a little expensive, uh, at least in my opinion, compared to where you know how long Blu-rays have been around. Also, running channels on this Mac Mini, uh, which channels allows you to connect to your uh, if you have a cable package or access to a cable package, you can connect your channels account to that. Wait, what? And huh? Y'all know about this? So I thought channels was just to bring on uh, TV from OT over the air on an antenna yeah, and digitized can, on your it, network. It can do that too. But so I'm going to tell it because I don't care what they're going to do. You're going to come after me. Come get me. So we don't pay for cable. Okay. I also don't have an antenna because I haven't bought one yet. Uh, I will probably buy one when we move or something. But Tia's mother pays for cable because I have not been able to find a satisfactory solution for her that would allow her to just use, say, an Apple TV or something to browse channels in the way that she is comfortable with. Right. Like, you could absolutely do what she wants to do and pay for just the channels you want to watch and probably save some money. But she's not comfortable with the interface. And I'm all about trying to keep people comfortable in their environment. Yes. Cut costs where you can, when you can, but, you know, don't, don't, Basically, it's kind of don't cut off your nose to spite your face. Like, oh, yeah, I'm saving 100 bucks a month on my, uh, you know, <laughs> entertainment. It me two hours to find anything to but watch. But it takes me two hours to find something to watch. And by the time I find it, it's in the middle of the show or something. Like, uh, yeah. Yep. But so she pays for uh, her cable package. I'll tell you what I'll do. I won't mention the company. There you go. Now, now they can't come get me. Uh, but anyway, she pays for cable. Well, you know, of course, she has a log on for her online account or yeah. whatever. So... With channels, what you're able to do, and you could do this if you were paying for it in your house, although it wouldn't make sense to me necessarily at that point. Uh, I guess there's reasons. Well, I'll tell you but why after you get through this, because I think I can find a reason for that. I actually can think of a reason for you guys, too. Uh, yeah. So there, there are reasons you would want to do it in your house, especially, I mean, when I used to pay for Xfinity Cable, uh, they had one box, and they charged you per box. Well, uh-huh. You could hook up Xfinity to channels and pull that, all, all of the channels that you have access through, 
two through your cable package now are available to you in channels to watch live. So like I can actually watch live TV based off what she has access to in her ATN. Uh, well, there it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we will edit that one out <laughs> uh, in her in her account. So that gives me, you know, ES, all, all of the channels that she pays for. Yeah. Uh, the only things that kind of seem to drop, and I think it may depend on the actual cable provider being used, is you may not see all of the premium channels show up. Mm. Mm. Uh, but I have access to those live. I have access to a guide that will let me see. And this is, I mean, I kind of like this if I really was into watching TV. If this existed 15 years ago, like, man. <laughs> But I can go through the guide and see what's coming up. You can search for things and find out when it may be aired. Let's say there's a specific show that you want to know about or a movie or, or anything like that. You can search for that and see when it's going to air. And the nice thing about it and the reason I keep paying for channels, because it does cost money. It's 8 bucks a month or $80 a year. You have to run it on your own hardware inside your house, have your uh, hard drive for storing data, because you can DVR. Uh-huh. And then play it from anything connected to the And then play the it from anything connected. Well, it doesn't even have to be connected to channels, dude. I can point Plex at the at the DVR folder for channels and watch stuff in Plex or just pull it off with any app. I mean, VLC would let you watch this mm-hmm. stuff because it's just recording to your local hard drive. And it's a, you know, DRM file. So... Give it to Mossy. Good investment. So, uh, football season is coming back. And uh, college football... It, causes us to pay for spectrum because i'm not going to pay 70 dollars a month for fubo tv or whatever it is that has the college sports on it (laughs) and so that's why i'm thinking of channels because spectrum's interface is not horrible but i think well the dvr feature right there just just won it for me because if mallory for example is at work and wants to watch the game when she gets home we can have it recorded onto a hard drive so i will probably be playing with channels over the next week because uh, that is right where my mind we don't watch literally any other cable tv so we only pay for spectrum for what's that five months a year four or five months a year because yeah. once the college football season's over we just go ahead and cancel that and then we come back and we don't even pay for their box plan we just pay for access to their app uh with an online login so mallory can watch it on the apple tv because that's the only thing that we watch on cable everything else is netflix hulu Disney, and now we're talking about a cable package to just 20 different companies. Peacocks. Uh, well, I don't yeah. even know what other ones anymore. Oh, HBO yeah. Max, Max, and Apple yeah. TV. And, see? So, that that's a one. We'll, we'll have some conversations about some of that offline, but one thing about these streaming services, right? And I think we're going to start to see more consolidation happening because, you know, we, we got what we asked for, which is I just yeah. want to pay to pay for all this stuff individually. It's like, man, now I'm paying more than I would have paid for the cable with it. But an interesting thing in my strategy here, outside of a couple of them that I pay for, like uh, I think Paramount Plus. Well, that was, I forgot about that one. Yep. Yeah, that was a free offer from uh, T-Mobile. T-Mobile when I was still a T-Mobile customer. And then, um, yeah. Your year ran so, out, and then people were like, this out. isn't working. Something you had to go give them the credit card? Yep. Well, no. Uh, uh, yep, that's pretty much how that worked. Yep. yep. The kids actually watched stuff from Paramount+. Plus. Now, my strategy for what I'll pay for, and I will eventually pick up Netflix. I keep saying I'm not, but I'm going to get Netflix at some point just because um, of this overall strategy of mine, which is Apple TV+. Plus doesn't really count because I'm paying 32 yeah. with tax, 32 dollars for Apple One Premiere or whatever. 
uh, which includes Apple TV Plus. You know, big you know bonus deal for me. So I don't count them, even though they do have a lot of good content. Um, and they're 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 moving like they're doing very well. I think content strategy wise with that. Mm-hmm. But um, so Disney Plus. That is one I will continue to play for because there's a lot of content, not just for kids, but for adults. And because there's so much up under that Disney Plus umbrella. Uh, You know, there's, of course, the Disney stuff, the Mickey Mouses and the Sleeping Beauties and all of that. And they have opened up their vault. So there's no more of this. Oh, you can get this Disney movie right now, but it's going back in the vault in two months. It's like, no, they've opened up the vault. So everything Disney you want to watch is in Disney Plus. Uh, but there's also the Star Wars stuff. There's also, you know, Marvel content. There's Nat Geo. So there's a lot up under that umbrella for the price. Now, the price has just gone up, which I'm not super happy about. Mm-hmm. They did a price increase. I knew it was going to go up from the original six ninety nine when I started. Like, I, I knew that. They just try to get people in because once they get you in, you're stuck. Yes. Or at least that's what they think. With Disney, I was like, look, as long as they don't get too outrageous, I will continue to pay for it just because there's a lot of content in there uh, from Disney, uh, including the other properties they own. And Disney owns a lot. They own 20th Century Fox. So, you know, there's movies and stuff available that, you know, just up under Disney. I actually pay for the Disney Hulu ESPN bundle because there's stuff that Tia likes to watch on Hulu. Uh, And I pay for the no ads bundle. So I pay a little bit more. Uh, to get no ads in Hulu for her so she can watch because there's some stuff. Here's the thing I don't like about this no ads thing, just to diverge for a second. A lot of streaming companies have come out with ad-supported plans, which is all right, cool. If you want to watch an ad, you can get a discount on, on you know what you're yeah. paying. Cool. What I don't like is, and I know some of this is contractual in some cases but with rights, but what I don't like is if I'm paying just for your ad-supported tier, there's actually literally content that you don't get to watch because they can't put ads in that content. I'm like, man, this ain't cool. So that's why I'm paying for the more expensive Hulu because there's something she wants to see or watch. That's a series. It's not wasn't just a movie. So it's like, okay, well, you know, they don't give you that you know, on the ad supported tier. But my strategy is to try to play, pay for streaming services that give me a wide array of content that m- more than just one individual person is going to be interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I started looking at it more because I forget it's a thing, but we pay for Amazon Prime and I forget that Amazon Prime video is a thing and you can go look Ooh, at things in there. I do too. And that, that is a bonus to Prime that I didn't originally care about and I kind of still forget about it now. But yep. yeah, I mean, it kind of falls into the same category with me as, as Apple TV. Uh, yeah, Plus, it's just there. You're going to pay for it anyway. it's there with what I'm paying for anyway. But there's a lot of good content in Apple TV Plus. I mean, they're, not and they're TV adding Plus, more. In uh, Prime. Yeah, yeah. Prime TV. There's a lot of good stuff in there. I just started the second season of Invasion on Apple TV and interested to see where that show goes. It's a little slow for the second season compared to the first one, but we'll see where it goes. I need to finish up the first season of Jack Ryan and see how that went. Uh, I did start watching the Jack Ryan. Uh, I don't think I ever watched that one. I should. Uh, I used to read the Tom Clancy books. I was like, oh, yeah. it was a series. It, it started out looking like it could be good. Uh, so I, I should pick that back up too because that's in prime TV and that's a just thing that's always there. Yep. Uh, Silo was pretty good. I watched that. Uh, what's that one that Steven and Sean were talking about that I will find in a moment on Mastodon that I posted about? And I'm like, this is some good stuff. Like it, it's, it's impressive how the quality of the video and the audio make a huge difference. Yeah, man. The audio quality is, uh, 
audio quality and video quality is important. But yeah, so channels will let you DVR stuff. Uh, if there is a season, let's say a show like uh, Family Guy, for example, mm-hmm. um, or The Simpsons, you can set up what's called a pass. So instead of you having to go in and say record this episode, and then next week you got to go record this episode, you just set up a pass. So each time a new episode comes mm-hmm. out, it automatically DVRs that for you. You could do uh, that have with games, the, probably too. I don't, I don't know if that uh, works that I way. I don't or do you know? know if it works that way with football games or not, because uh, I haven't. I've only kind of basically played with it a little bit. You do have the ability to tweak the times as well. So let's say, like for uh, a show, or or a, I would think more like an event or or a um, award show or something yeah. like that that you may want to DVR. You know, that may go a little. You long can long schedule long. You that can, ahead of time. You can schedule ahead of time and you can tweak the start time. You can have it start when it starts or you can say, well, no, start two minutes early or end, you know, five minutes later, something like that. So you can play around with your DVR. But the thing I like about it is that it's pulling that local to me as a DVR. It's not DRM, so I don't have to worry about, like, the weird stuff people dealt with with trying to get their content off their TiVos that they had been DVR'd for years and never actually got a chance to watch. And then now TiVo's going away, so they're like, oh. Uh, how do I get this? I put on DV- it went from being locked up in that system to lock up in the system that's in your house too. So yeah. channels is nice. There's is it also some- web based or uh, so it, you do have a web interface on the Mac where you can do your configuring, and this will run on just about anything. So it'll run on the Mac and it'll run on Linux, Windows. Pi. Uh, it could run on a Pi. I'm running on the mini just because uh, for any transcoding or anything that may have to happen for mm. DVR stuff, like, you know, it can handle it. And there's already a Mac mini sitting here that, yeah. you know, was running black. So there's that aspect too. But there are also apps for all of the platforms and that that's all of the platforms. So, you know, iOS, Android, Apple TV, Roku, uh, they're everywhere. Uh, I do like the guide interface on the Apple TV. Like, that is nice, man. Like actually having an accessible guide you can easily navigate and you can go edit your profile a bit, uh, which I haven't done, but you can like favorite channels so that you can get to the things that you watch the most a whole lot quicker. Uh, it's a pretty nice interface. It will also apparently let you pull content from some streaming services but it's a little tedious in the way that you have to do it. I hadn't actually done enough research into that, but I started out trying it out and I was like, you know, this is pretty cool. I thought it could be a, I, well, my, my initial thoughts going into channels where it's going to be, well, if I get this and the guide works out well, which it did on Apple TV, well, give Tia's mom Apple TV and we can go pay for like Fubo or YouTube TV that may be a little cheaper because we already got the bonus services as as like Max and, and Disney Plus for her to watch other content on. But to get the local TV channels, you know, we could use, you know, Fubo TV, which I recently heard about uh, and YouTube or YouTube or, or you know, Hulu Live, whatever, yeah. and hook that up in channels. Um. I um I don't know why we haven't actually done that. I think because you hadn't sat down and, and spent the time <laughs> with the guy to tell me like, oh yeah, this might work or this might not work. Hijack uh, was the name of that show. Um, ah, about the I haven't heard about that. Hijacked one. and people are are dying. Season close up. No spoilers. And then Calls was another good one too. Uh, that was a, like a black screen, but it was stories over the phone, and it was a very intense oh, thriller. I heard about that one. Yeah. I heard about that I one. I want to see season two of that, but I don't know if we'll get it. That was also available on Apple TV. 
Yeah, Apple TV's been turning out some pretty good content that is not, uh, and so is Netflix. I mean, like I said, I'll yeah. eventually go back and get Netflix uh, at some point. But yeah, if you're interested in, 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 if you're a cord cutter, like, so Michael's initial thoughts of what channels does, that is also what it can do, which is you can have an antenna and allow it to pull content from over the air and, and bring it down so that you can see it on different devices using channels in the house. So if you're a cord cutter, cord cutter and you want your local TV uh, so that you can watch, say, the local news broadcast or anything like that, or even maybe some local sports that will play locally on uh, over the air, that's a good solution for that, too. So you don't have to hook it up to a cable package, is what I'm saying. Sweet. You done your Ubiquity Network update yet? I have not. I got this email, and yeah, I was going to look at it to see what they were talking about. And I was like, eh, looks like thing. more visual things that are coming in the interface, so that's super nice. You can see a visual map of your network. Okay. Yeah. I you could already I'm, do that. <laughs> I'm going to get some. I'm going to get in touch with them, too, about their web interface. Their web interface is horrible. If, yeah, I, if I had is. a complaint, it would be their web interface. The app is great, but the web interface, not so much. Not even on Windows. Like, you can do it on Windows, but. Yeah, and there are some things where if you want to configure settings, um, you you need to do it from the web interface or it's easier to do. And then Mm -hmm. I think because there's still, and I may be wrong, it may not still be like this, but I know I was looking at some stuff on Reddit and uh, people were talking about they couldn't do certain things without having to fall back to the original classic Classic. interface versus the new interface. Yes. and with this latest update, they took the ability for me to turn the light off on my uh, wait what thing. So I don't see it in the app anymore. When I first set them up, I turned the lights off on the router, and I turned yeah. the light off on. Well, I didn't turn the light off on the on the access point in the kitchen, uh, but I did turn the light off on the router. Mm-hmm. And after doing a update about a week after that, uh, one the light is back on on the router, and I don't see it in the app anymore to turn off the light. I'll see if I can find that. And if I can, I'll ping you with directions. But I remember seeing it like you, like I'm pretty sure I did it. And I don't know if the light's on here. I don't have the light detector handy to check. <laughs> there still you go, JJ. With- Invoices on email. <laughs> I'm still happy with the ubiquity gear, though, uh, for sure. I almost was about to get, so I'll tell this story just, <laughs> I may have misspoken on a show before about this, so let me correct the record if I did. I was about to make a purchase. I was about to go ahead and get the Dream Machine SE. Why the SE, may you ask? Well, there's eight PoE ports. Actually, there's six, six PoE ports, power over Ethernet, and two a PO power over Ethernet plus. I don't know what the plus is, but hey, man. You I get like more power. <laughs> more power. Uh, but I was wrong. And for some reason, I believe I read this somewhere, not on their website, not, not accusing ubiquity or false advertising at all. I read this somewhere in somebody's review about the mm. unit or in a video I watched of a review of the SC that it had Wi-Fi built into it, just like the router does. Uh, it does not. So if somebody heard me say that I was wrong, uh, I don't know, can't remember exactly where I got that information from, but I was wrong about that, which Stop me from making a purchase. Yeah. Because uh, I was going to buy that and then take my router and push it down to just be an access point up in the front of the house. And then I was going to give, going to uh, send Mike my my access point that's in the kitchen. 
Speaking of sending people things, I will, uh, by Tuesday, get this package off to you that has a voice recorder in it that I got off of the blind ads list that I'm not going to do anything with and a backpack for you and probably a couple other things. So. Most excellent, man. Pirate Most ship, excellent. man. Pirate ship. Pirate ship. Thanks Surprisingly to enough, I don't. I didn't have a box, but Mallory got some Amazon packages today, so I think I have a box now. <laughs> Yeah. It's weird when you don't have a box, like you need to ship something. Like, I don't have a box for this. Like, what, what, what is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go place an Amazon order. I went through boxes. a period for those who don't know where I was ordering boxes from USPS, and I had all these flat rate boxes. And then I learned how expensive flat rate was. And so now, if I need a flat rate box, I have plenty of those. But I don't want to ship this backpack flat rate because. It's not going to fit in a small one. It would probably be more of a large one because of the way that it's shaped. I don't want to bend it all up to stuff it in that flat rate box. So I'll just use one of the package boxes. And I have started breaking some boxes down and keeping them. I, I don't know if I ever, I'm pretty sure I told you this, that whenever we get an Amazon package, I have a closet full of packing material. So if I need bubble wrap, I got bubble wrap. I got bubbles to hold things in place. I got, the only thing I don't keep is those styrofoam, uh, like filler things that, sometimes come in packages i'll throw those away but if it's bubble wrap or if it's like the bubbles to keep things in place or i even grab some of that shipping paper that you get in some packages that's in the closet can i find anything in that closet no not really but if i need some i just open the door reach my hand in grab some bubble wrap throw it in the box i'm good to go Man, one day you're going to reach in there and someone's going to grab you. <laughs> I'm kind of scared of that. The boys had their fishing poles in there for a while, and I was paranoid that one of them would leave the hook on there. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I, 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 have, I have some boxes, and usually I will try to break them down flat so mm-hmm. that I just have to tape them back up so they don't take up as much space. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's good. Keeping those boxes, I think, is good because I do ship enough stuff and uh, – Shout out to Doug. We don't have a chime for this year, but Doug did tell us about pirate ship. Uh, so Doug, Doug is the one who got us on pirate ship. And hey, we got JJ on pirate ship now. Yeah, I need three people to record shout out to Doug in whatever tone you want and send them to us at tw at and we'll make some of these jingles. What was the other one? Uh, what Doug make me buy or something like that? Yeah, yeah. what did Doug make me buy? And yeah. Uh, yeah. So what did Doug make me buy? And shout also, out to Doug. <laughs> shout out to Doug. But I'm trying to think if we should do that a different way, like uh, a Doug tip or a tip from yeah, Doug. Or, tip from Doug. You know, there you go. Because Doug doesn't necessarily make me at least spend a lot of money. He just tells me about things that I didn't know about. It's like, oh, that's cool. So I have spent money with pirate ship, but it wasn't like, oh, I got to go buy this. It's like, oh no, this is a whole lot better shipping uh, for me site than Orange Mailer was. Uh, so what you doing with that phone? Man, that phone is still in the box, dude, because I got to talk to Doug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 have I have no room to talk because the phone that I have got out of its box, and now it's sitting on the desk do, or on the TV stand doing nothing, not even plugged in to POE. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk to Doug because I want to know if he's used it and gotten it hooked up to uh, VoIP MS and if he's got some tips. If not, I may uh, try to get it on eBay or something and sell it and then get the one that you said has the web interface for configuration. Yeah. I need to buy a new base for that one because I have that phone. I just lost the base to it. Um, so it's like wobbly. And when you plug the cables into the bottom of it, it's like up in the air because the cable plugs into the back because it's intended to have a a brace on the back of it to hold it up at an angle. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not any cradle things. 
areas to route the wires underneath the phone because those are intended to go through the little piece on the back. Anyways, yeah. Oh, so I got something that we will be talking about maybe next week, if okay. not that, the week after for sure, which is going to be the standing desk that I purchased yesterday. Yes. Yes, I'm super excited about that. I want to know how much you actually stand. Speaking of standing, competition. Man, so one, I didn't realize it was going to start today because they usually start on Monday. <laughs> and I wasn't paying attention. But it got my goat just enough to get that notification. Michael closed off three rings. Really now? Okay, I'll tell you what, man, it's hard. <laughs> now, you probably are going to thump me today because, uh, yeah, I, I took last night off a little bit to to uh, hang out with the kids. And to, I actually ate pizza last night, man. Wow. Uh, but I got it from this place that was uh, – Pyro, uh, okay. Pyro's fire something pizza, but they actually cook with like the wood fired oven or whatever. Ooh. With the yeah, man, so that's a whole different kind of pizza, people. If you've <laughs> never tried it, if you've just been doing the the, the chains, the the Pizza Huts and Dominoes of the world, uh, get you some pizza made in a wood fired thing. It tells me two things: number one, all pizza really is not created equal. Uh, and two, I would have loved the uni pizza oven if I would have decided to buy one. I'm not going to mm-hmm. buy one because I don't eat pizza enough to justify spending it. I was going to buy it because my kid likes pizza. Yeah. Uh, now, funnily enough, everybody liked the pizza except for the one who loves the pizza the most, which is Lincoln. Because huh. he didn't like the, he didn't like the, the, the crust because it has a kind of, it's been fired. So it's got that uh, it's more black. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not burnt, but it's got that black and stuff on the bottom. So yeah. he's not fond of that. Uh, he also does not eat. Even though he likes hamburgers, he won't eat my hamburgers off the grill because they have the little grill marks on them. Ah, okay. Okay. So he didn't really care for the pizza, but I liked it. I was like, man, I found a pizza I can eat. Like, this is decent. Right. Uh, good. Sauce is really that. Good. I've never tried, like, fire pizza before. Yeah, try try pizza that's been cooked in an oven. Like, they, they piqued my interest. We were looking, because we were going to do pizza for the kids yesterday, and... um we went to go look at what pizza was, you know, look at prices, and I think Uber Eats is what Tia was looking at because she had a coupon at Uber Eats. Man, for medium meat lovers, they wanted 22 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, we ain't doing that. Not from Pizza Hut. <laughs> we ain't doing that one. No, yeah. no, we're not. I am curious, and if anybody actually knows the answer to this, I sort of kind of don't want to know, but I do, which is, are Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash, I used DoorDash while I was in Talladega too because Uber Eats, even though I have Uber One, was going to charge me a fee mm. uh, for delivery. And it was not a, it was not like two bucks either. It was like 15 bucks. Oh, uh, wow. Twelve ninety. No, thank you. Uh, also, apparently still have DoorDash, whatever their, their paid program is. I thought mm-hmm. I canceled it, but it's still there. So uh, You should look into that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do need to look into that because that's 10 bucks a month and I really don't like DoorDash all that much. Yeah. But I guess if I end up in Talladega doing this program, I should probably uh, maybe reconsider those thoughts because that worked. But uh, I'm curious to know DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, the, the food delivery apps, are they marking up the oh, yeah. price? Hold on yeah. one sec. Yeah, but like by how much? Like, And what started me thinking about this was Twenty one bucks, like man, I could call them up and probably get two specialty pieces for that price. Uh, but then I also noticed with uh because Tia was gonna use one of the free she signed up for Instacart. And she was gonna use her free delivery. We were gonna get some stuff from Sam's Club, mm-hmm. right? I put in my Sam's Club membership 
you know, number and all of that. So I could go that that'll work. And then Instacart's like, we mark up the price. Well, they didn't say that. I just noticed, like, I bought these things off of the Sam's website before. That's not how much that costs. And I just started looking at the other stuff that I was putting in the order. I was like, yeah, they're marking itself about a dollar fifty-two bucks each. Yeah. Pay for and you're going to charge me a bunch of service fees. Yeah, that's yeah. what gets me with Instacart is all the service fees. Like, just tell me what I'm paying you in one, and look, make it look like I'm paying a couple different fees. Do it one way or the other, right? Either charge me a service fee or mark up, you know, a couple of bucks on everything because I'm paying for the convenience. Don't do both. Yeah. That that's the thing that annoys me. Like don't don't do both. Because like we found a I found a pretty decent barbecue place that me and Tia ate at in Birmingham. We were up for the A C B, uh the Alabama Council State Convention. Uh and it was good. And you know, Mike knows I'm rough on barbecue. <laughs> it was really good. It was good enough that I ordered it again here when I found out the restaurant was also here in Tuscaloosa. Ah. Uh, so it was very good. And I'm like, man, they have uh, they had some smoked turkey that I tried when we were here. Uh, I think maybe a couple of weeks ago. Uh, tried Tia got this huge, ridiculous size baked potato that was had everything in it. Uh, and I got a meat plate that lets you try a couple of different meats and a couple of sides came with it. This smoked turkey, dude, I was like, man, I got to get, I got to start smoking turkey meat because that was amazing. I was like, okay, I got, I got to get mine like that now. Like here, here's a bar that I, here's something I need to work on with barbecuing. And they sell their meats as like, you can buy them by the pound. Okay. I was like, oh, this sliced turkey, smoked turkey, like it's so good. I would buy that instead of, sandwich meat uh for for quickly making sandwiches Ooh, or there you go yeah and i looked in uber eats and it was like oh it's 24 bucks for a pound and i was like man i don't want to pay that i was like huh i bet if i go to jim and nick's and buy it you'll probably be like 18 bucks or something and then i'm gonna feel really really upset that's what started me down the path gotcha. of like, how much are they marking this stuff up yeah well follow the money they're marking follow it up the and and charging me service fees. <laughs> like, I mean, do want to, I mean, there's a delivery fee, there's a service fee. Of course, tax has got to be factored yep. in. And tip, tax. they automatically put a tip on, which I have no problem with tipping people if, uh, well, let me rephrase that. I have no problem with tipping someone if they go above and beyond. I don't want to always put a 30% tip or 20% tip. Sometimes I don't got the money for that after all the fees that they've added, which unfortunately, those fees don't go to your drivers. Yep, that that's the thing that's also annoying because I don't mind tipping. Like I usually will try to do at least a minimum tip mm-hmm. uh, for people because look, gas ain't cheap. You know, nope. you are driving around and you know you're you're bringing me my food and hopefully you're handling it with care. I do sometimes wish that it was much easier to do the tipping after they have delivered yes. your food because there's a couple of times where I'm like, man, I would give you no freaking tip, man. Why would you do what you did? Like, oh, we had one delivery some some months ago where uh, I have notes in that says, please leave, you know, near the back door. I mean, near the side door under the carport because the door we go out of. And, you know, most people will put stuff in the chair that's sitting right there, which is fine. Right. One person, you go bypass a whole chair and literally sit it on the step. I probably, I think I feel like I've said this before. Uh, you know, literally sit it on the step behind the screen door. So when I open the door to go get my food, I just knock the whole bag off the little step onto the ground. Like that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's one Common of those. Sense, where I people, that's common. that's a no tip day. 
Yep, that would have been a no tip day, except I already had put the tip in previously because that's how they make you do it. I think you can go back and edit it up to an hour after, but I, at that uh, point, I just don't. Yeah, see, I, 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 I didn't. I, so I didn't gonna, even know you could do that. So I'm going to play with channels. We'll see how that goes because I think that's going to be my new obsession. I will check that out. Um, what do you want to chat about or do you want to wrap it up? Because we're at about 60 minutes. Uh, you had something. Oh, you had an update for people on the mini no smart vision three. Oh yes. And the bug that you've been chatting back and forth with people on uh mastodon. Mastodon about so if you have the smart vision three and your phone just randomly turns on, tells you the time, the battery status, and then goes back to sleep, you can directly correlate that to calendar events. So once you get that first alert, in my case an hour before the event, uh every ten minutes after that, the phone will do just what it what I said. It'll turn on, tell you the time, then turn off. And that's why anytime I sat down to record, it would always affect me. Because if I'm sitting down to record, that event's on my calendar. So I get the alert on the phone, and then every 10 minutes after that, it would turn on, tell me the time, turn off. The fix to it is to restart the phone, which is very inconvenient. Uh, actually, let me rephrase that. To dismiss the calendar alert and then restart the phone. Because if you just dismiss the calendar alert, it still comes on every 10 minutes, tells you the time, and then goes back to sleep. And if you restart without dismissing the calendar event, it still because the calendar event is the event then the still notification. There. So then that yeah. starts that whole process again. That's weird. Yeah, so, I did email Robert about it. So, so my suggestion for you specifically is to turn off calendar notifications on the phone and see if that fixes it. Yeah, that's what I was going to suggest you do because I know it's not your primary phone. Mm -hmm. For people who this is their main phone or it's the phone you use for that type of stuff, like I know that's a bit more difficult of a thing to do. Uh, but in your case, you could absolutely turn off notifications. Yeah, I'm going to play with that and make it. sure that that does fix it. But that was the update. Because when I talked, when we talked about it like two episodes ago, I'm like, I don't know why this is doing it. And then Jerry on Mastodon was like, I think this is related to this problem. Well, first he didn't know what I was talking about. And then I kind of, I was able to track down, oh, it's when I get a calendar alert. And he's like, yeah, I've, I've mentioned that to them before too. So. So anybody else using the Smart Vision 3, uh, if you're experiencing this, let them know. It also tells me why I never experience this, even though my phone is on sometimes, because I don't have any calendar stuff going to it. Yeah. Yep. So that was my quick follow-up. Uh, and before we wrap it up, Demasi, how do people contact us? See, see, we do remember to put it in there every once in a while. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes uh so you can contact us by sending an email to tw at your and michael will get it and he'll reply to you uh sometimes you might remember to forward to forward it to me and then i'll reply sometimes uh, sometimes and we're on Mastodon, of course, which, you know, again, appreciate the Mastodon engagement that's been happening. I want to, hold on. Okay, let me finish this. So you can catch us up on Mastodon. I am Damasi, uh, D-A-M-A-S-H-E, at unmute.community. And he's Payone, P-A-Y-O-W-N, at unmute.community. And the thing I wanted to say is, we had the question that we talked about a couple of episodes ago uh, for the person that was getting um, 
starting to learn to use Zoom and VoiceOver on the Mac. Yep. And this did not occur to me until sometime this week. And as I said, I really wasn't, I really wasn't in Macedon. I was a lot of, I got a ton of messages to catch up on too. But one thing that occurred to me is I don't have the answer. Michael really doesn't have the answer either. But one person that may be able to give some guidance, and I'm pretty sure they're on Macedon, would be Shelly Brisbane. Ah. I know Shelly does the access for all, uh, iOS access for all books. So that's mostly focused, that's focused on iOS. But Shelly is a low vision person. Right. Uh, Shelly does use Zoom, and I'm pretty sure Shelly is a full time Mac user. If she's not a full time Mac user, she does use the Mac. So she may have some ideas. There we go. And I think that person was Scott that was actually reaching out to us, uh, but I could be wrong about that. But anyway, whether you're the person who reached out to us or not, hopefully that helps somebody out. Shelly is uh, Shelly's excellent. She she's great. She knows her stuff, and she sits down and writes a book about all of the accessibility. Uh functionality in iOS and releases an update to that book every year after the new OS is released. So be on the lookout for the iOS 17 version of that here probably in the next few months. Uh, and go buy Shelly's book. That's someone else who's technically working. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> if you find value in the content we provide... Consider the tip jar. All the details are in the show notes of every episode. Thanks in advance.